Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined once again by the Beat Reporters, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. And since last we visited on the, in the NetFront, the Blues made an addition uh, at a good price. Pretty solid player. And Brandon Sod, familiar face to uh, Blues fans from his times with the, the Hawk and, of course, the uh, the Blue Jackets. Start with you, JT. Um, I, I like the player and especially like the uh, average uh, annual value and the term on that contract. Yeah, that was a little surprising, continuing uh, considering this is the uh, the overpaying uh, uh, time of year. It, it, you know, he's never uh, matched the uh, the thirty one goals he had in in Columbus, which was the first year of the six year thirty six million dollar deal that just ended. But he's been a consistent goal scorer. I mean, uh, you know, as Doug Armstrong uh, told me yesterday, he he's a guy you you throw him over the boards, you pretty much know what you're going to get on a night to night, season to season basis. Uh, now watch him like score three goals next season, but you know what I mean. He's a twenty, he's a twenty twenty five goal uh, score. So I was I was a little surprised. I'm I'm sure, uh, especially looking at the Buchnevich contract, uh, probably Armstrong probably would have preferred to make it a four year deal instead of a five-year deal. So maybe he gave a little on that. You, you got full no trade, which I, I would guess is important to Saad since he's he's been traded three times. So you got full no trade, like four out of the five years. But uh, yeah, a, pr- a pretty good deal. And uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, a guy like Saad at, at the back end of this. Uh, you know, if you were seven, eight years in, he's only going to be 33 at the end of this. So you know, you would think he, he, he'd still be uh, playing at a pretty high level. And uh, my goodness, uh, Buchnevich, it will only be 30 when he's done with his contract. Yeah, you know, when the side negotiations dragged out, when he wasn't signed on the first day, I thought that meant whoever got him was going to be overpaying for him. And the Blues certainly didn't overpay in terms of uh, AAV. They, they probably may have overpaid, you know, by giving them the fifth year rather than the fourth. That may have been what made the difference, but you know when you when you look at guys who the team is now committed to, um, really the only guys from the Stanley Cup team that they have upped with has been Shen and and Bennington. And you look at the guys who were signed past the next two years, it's Krug and Falk and uh, Bruchnevich and uh, Saad um, and Bennington and Shen. I mean that's going to be the core of this team going forward is uh, a very different core than what we had in the past. You'll still right now, you still have O'Reilly, you still have Pareko, but when you look at what this team looks like three years from now, um, you're looking at a whole different team. And I do think on the, on the terms of uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Colton Pareko, these are guys that uh, the Doug is, is planning to um, pitch with, uh, with offers. I mean, we're seeing Pareko's interesting case going forward. Um, well, you'd like to extend them now because it would be a lot cheaper, I would think. If he actually breaks out, you're seeing guys get in the uh, you know nine and a half million dollar range. You say, well, I mean, Colton could never do that. Well, Seth Jones did, and I think Colton could be that player if he ever puts it all together. And so we'll see about that. O'Reilly's going to get paid uh, pretty good on his next deal, although he'll be getting into the twilight of his career, and the, the number of years will be interesting on those two guys. But I think for the time being, you know, except for the very big situation of Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, you know, this team has gotten pretty good talent base in the, in the prime ages, JT. Yeah. I, and it's a, been a tightrope and it's, it's, it's like this, uh, really in all, in all pro sports, I certainly found it to be the case in football when you're a successful team, 
walking that uh, that salary cap tightrope. You need uh, some cheap labor to help balance out uh, 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 the books and, and to stay under the the cap. Otherwise, you have to start jettisoning uh, players as as Tampa Bay has had to do here, the Lightning, and and uh, also uh, uh, Vegas. So it he's got a nice. I think mix of uh, some long-term contracts, uh, uh, some younger guys. And, and he's mentioned a couple times now that, you know, players like Thomas, Cairo, uh, Costin, and on defense, Wallman and Mikola, cheap labor. This is really their chance to, uh, uh, to step up. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. They, they do have a lot of guys in kind of that 26 to 25, 26 to, the 30 range. So it's a pretty good mix. And we, we mentioned, and this is why you should always listen to the, uh, to the net front. We mentioned uh, earlier in the week, and it's great to be doing a bonus net front, by the way, but we mentioned earlier in the week that they needed another top six forward. Uh, and, and Doug Armstrong went out and, and got one in Brandon Saad. So I think they've met their minimum requirement uh, of this uh, free agency. Uh, they, they lose Hoffman and uh, Schwartz, but they, they replace them with a, uh, two uh, top six forwards and we still and they still haven't addressed that we think they're going to lose Tarasenko um that's you know he's he's still there it's funny when we put together you know depth charts or what next year looks like Vladimir Tarasenko does not figure in that uh though he is as of this recording still on the roster uh still on the payroll for the Blues and um they need to address that and if they do that does open up a lot of cap space though with the deals they got for sod they're kind of okay they're they might not have enough to sign the restricted free agents they have um but um the tarasenko issue still needs to be addressed you know you know and looking at that situation i guess the teams that come back are um including two teams that looked at sod the devils and i'm not sure if Laddie would want to play there or in carolina Certainly. Um, and then you look at the Islanders where uh, Lou Lamoriello is, is being coy as always. You know, we expected him to sign, have Zach Brees locked in. I don't think he's made that official yet. We expected him to keep Kyle Palmieri, who um, is, a, is a useful postseason type player, who didn't, did not play well for him in the regular season, but haven't seen that officially happen yet. If I had to look at the Islanders, to me, that's, that's intriguing. Now, they've got a guy – in this marketplace, the restricted free agents are in a better place if they have arbitration eligibility than, than that borderline UFA, unless you're a superstar, because the UFAs have to deal with the uh, cap realities and what's happening around the league or where teams are. If you're an arbitration eligible player, I don't think the arbitrator is going to worry about, he's going to try to assess value and not worry about what the relative marketplace is in terms of cap. So a guy like Beauvillier with the Islanders who made $4.2 million, he might be expecting a raise in a cap world. He wouldn't get one if he was a UFA. He'd have to probably play for le- uh, play for less. In a UFA world with the the hammer, he might get a, a higher arbitration award. So that might be a guy if you're looking for one guy on the Islanders that they would offload um, for the same reason that the Rangers got away from Bucinavich, fearing the arbitration award. Um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if Doug likes him. You know, he's a guy that sometimes looks like a player and sometimes he doesn't. He's looked good in the postseason, but he disappears for 15 games at a time in the regular season. But that's a trade where the Islanders would get a big upgrade for a couple million more. Yeah, and then the Islanders have some some uh, some cap room. They're, they're, uh, our friends at Cap Friendly have them at almost $18 million 
under the cap. Uh, you know, kind of heard uh, Tarasenko linked a little bit to, to Carolina, and uh, they're not quite in as good a shape. But uh, you know, fourteen million, they, they would have enough. And both of those teams, to me, are teams that need one more score. And we've talked about this before, like maybe a team that just just trying to get over the hump would take a risk on, uh, on, on, on Tarasenko. And, and those two teams make sense. Uh, I got to tell you though, I, the more actual like people I talk to and reporting uh, uh, that I do on this, the more I get confused on Tarasenko. It, it, it's incredibly, incredibly, quiet out there on the Tarasenko front. So I, I, I don't know what to suspect uh, or expect. I should say I'm, I'm, I'm almost thinking. And, and of course uh, in, in terms of trades and free agents, you're just one phone call away if you're Doug Armstrong, but I, I'm kind of getting the feeling this might linger uh, for a while. Uh, so I, 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 I know this uh, uh, Tarasenko's agent continues to, just do no no favors on this and uh it's just a, a strange circumstance i think i think tarasenko would have been better if he just stayed with michael Yuta as his agent kept things quiet and who knows maybe maybe he's uh he's he's moved right now but it, it's it's very 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 quiet right now on the tarasenko front is and i ask this as a, as a question does the eichel situation have to play out uh, once that is is settled, does that give any more direction as to where this where this goes? Yeah, it's it's interesting about the Eichel because again, it's, the cap space is disappearing everywhere, right? So if you were to look around the league and try to find a place where you could put um, Eichel, um, only two spots come up: Anaheim because it's just you know they don't have. A lot. I mean, they could they they could make it work. They're in a rebuild mode. It would be a perfect fit for them. They've got some young guys they can move. They've got cap space to play with. They can find more cap space if they need it. Um, L.A., probably not. They made the big commitment uh, for Deneau. Um, and as, as long as Kopitar is still there, I think they, unless they decide to move on from him, which would be seismic. And then you look at New York where they're trying to unload Ryan Strom, who's a, a classic guy who's been who's piled up some points thanks to being on the same team with some other guys who are better, but is absolutely needs to go because he's going to make big money, or at least he thinks he can on the next contract. So there just aren't many places, right, for, for these guys. And so, yeah, I think they're both in the – I don't know, the same – it's the same problem that, uh, that you have. I mean, two guys that want out, but, you know, the, the options are limited. And over time, maybe both guys become more reasonable in terms of what they where they expect to go and what, you know, what they would accept. I don't know. I mean, I think with Tarasenko – uh, maybe this thing is a waiting game plays in the blues favors where he's suddenly, he knows he can't go back and he's going to have to go wherever he can. Um, because in that sense, maybe Armstrong can build some leverage. Yeah. I, and, and I think as it plays out, maybe that might be it instead of wanting to go to a playoff contender, it, it just might be a, you know, a, a, a safe, uh, a safe landing spot for, uh, for, for Tarasenko. But uh uh, again, if Armstrong, regardless of what's been said, uh, 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 what hasn't been said, uh, uh, if if Armstrong had an offer he liked, Tarasenko would be gone. And and again, uh, uh, Armstrong's not going to make a move 
that he doesn't think is in the in, in the best interest of the uh, of the team. But does it get to a point where it, it's more like a fire sale thing? I mean, uh, you know, if you can if you can trade a uh, uh, the Vesna Trophy winner uh, basically for 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 nothing just to get rid of that cap uh, uh, money. Uh, you know, technically, you would think may, maybe it would come to that point with the Blues, but uh, but I just don't know. I mean, we've all on the net front, especially Tom from, from the outset. Tom has said, "Listen, you're you're this season, you're you're not going to see much from Tarasenko," and he was right. But I think we all saw less. I think we we didn't <laughs> expect to see vintage Tarasenko, but but we I don't didn't we all expect maybe a little uh, uh, a little more? And so, as they say in uh, in, in, in football, the, you know, the tape doesn't lie and all of the teams can pull up this tape of Vladdy during during the season. He goes over to the Worlds and I'm sure the agent wanted to go over there to, sh- to show off his wares. And he wasn't great. I watched every game and I mean, he was he was he was OK. He had a, a game winning shootout goal, but he he didn't dominate. And it was a watered down Worlds this year because a lot of the NHL stars didn't go over because of the covid. So uh, it's a it's a real uh, it's a real dilemma, I think, on on on, on several fronts. Well, if I mean, if, if we were to say what if what if he stays? What if for some reason there's not a deal to their liking? Right now, it looks like the top two lines are full, right? With 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 the additions of Saad and Bushnevich, that he's he's at best on the third line. Um, so then, you know, or what what do the Blues need in return? I mean, they've got the top two lines pretty much taken care of uh, and enough forwards to fill out the bottom two, you know, so it's, I don't know that they have a place to play him though. If they had him, I guess they would play him because he's, he can score goals. It's just an interesting, they don't need him, but they'd have him. So, you know, I don't know what, what kind of return becomes something the blues can, can use. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to my, my, uh, the only thing I can think of is Beauvillier who's, uh, arbitration eligible and, uh, and the Islanders would, would swap them for Tarasenko, get a big upgrade. Probably the blues could gain two and a half million in cap space, take back a guy that, you know, fits the top nine, probably, you know, has to, that top nine's fluid with, uh, with the chief, he'd be a useful player, potentially overpaid, potentially a guy you'd have to move on from. He's age 24. I probably would just take the arbitration award and live with it. If I'm the GM, instead of giving him a long-term deal, I'd want to see if what he can do, um, you know, maybe, and that wouldn't be the end of the world because at least you'd get something back. Although it would put you in a place where you might have to make another move with another player in order to get everybody under contract. But other than that, that or New Jersey um, again, you know, and that'd be something Vlad would have to live with, but that New Jersey team adding Hamilton has got to be more attractive. Uh, the Hughes brothers, uh, he's here. I mean, there's, there's hope there. They offloaded Palmieri. They've got money. Um, that team could make a run. They upgraded in goal, I think. And we'll talk a little bit more about goaltending um, in a second, but so I don't know, man, that's, it's crazy. At least, but at least if you're him, at least with your Armstrong, he's more or less in one piece. If you're Kevin Adams with the uh, Sabres and you've got Eichel with his <laughs> neck and he wants to replace a disc and everybody is like, ah, that's never been done with a hockey player. And yet he's insisting I don't know. That to me is a worse situation. You know, he's got that $10 million cap hit and a bad neck. So, and they're, you know, and God knows they're going to be, that's going to be Buffalo Sabres fans. If they think they're, they've suffered a lot and they have, (laughs) Oh my God, that team is going to be so bad. 
because they're not getting anything for Eichel. And they just, they've just dumped. I mean, it's a nightmare. But anyways, uh, that's, <laughs> that's Buffalo's problem. Um, if, I was, if I was greedy, I would say, and most Blues fans are greedy, maybe if you had a, a third line forward that could, you, you could add. Uh, Jeff, do you, could Beauvillier, could he, could he fill that role if he was a, a third line forward? Yeah, I mean he's a he's, he's sort of tapped. Uh, he's he's an eight, he's an eighteen to twenty goal guy who sh- should be more. Who showed up well in the playoffs. But he's not big. He's not super dynamic. He is skilled. Um, you know he doesn't offer all the elements that Buchnevich uh, does. But you know he's he could be useful. I mean he's he's at least reached a level where he can get a, a point every other game and and maybe a little better in the NHL. You're just going to have to overpay him, which you know. Because he's got the RFA thing versus the UFA thing, so yeah, and maybe yeah, maybe mean, as you, you get, say, maybe as you say, just just do the the one year uh, 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 RFA because uh, you, you, you're always looking ahead too if you're a GM and you don't want to get boxed in. The Blues have eight and a half million left. They basically have enough, I think, to sign these five restricted free agents, and that's it. They're done. But you also you have Pareko to pay. You have guys, some guys like Wallman and Mikola, believe it or not, who'll be arbitration eligible RFAs after this season. So you got to think a couple years ahead. So yeah, I, I, I if you went that route, I, I don't, I don't think you'd, you'd want to maybe necessarily do a multi-year right, right, right off the bat. Right. And, and you know the arbitrator could give them a couple years, but I, I think uh, you wouldn't want to go like four years like you did with Pavel. So. So, yeah, uh, Tom, I guess you also, Blues fans have to think forward because Pareko's a huge piece, and, man, he is going to get at least $2 million more a year. Uh, even if he's just today's Colton Pareko with a, with a good back, he's probably worth seven and a half and as a top-four defender, at least. Yeah, you know, they, you know, Falk and Krug both are at six and a half uh, for their AV, and Pareko's, you know, yeah, last two years haven't been great. His best years were – uh, you know, you go back to 18, 19 and 17, 18. Those were his best years. So, yeah, you talked about if you if you make a deal now with Pareko, do you get do you get less? You know, I, he's going to be in the six and a half, seven and a half window. I can't see him going much higher than that, even with the precedents being set by other guys right now. But the other question is, hey, what what do you do? What's Robert Thomas's situation? What's his contract look like? Because. Do they need him to be a top six forward? Is he, is he a, you know, with the guys they've got, is there room for him in the top six right now? Is he the second line center or is he going to be the third line center again this season? And how does that affect what the Blues are going to want to pay him? When does he make that step? Because now they're going to have, they can have O'Reilly and Shen on the top two lines playing center, you know, assuming Cairo is up there as a forward. So what does that say for Robert Thomas and what does his deal look like? What kind of a raise does he get? Cause he's coming off an entry level deal. And JT, the answer for some blues fans as well, just trade him to Calgary. If you met Matthew Kachuk, who is going to be a $10 million a year player. Um, yeah. So when we start talking about that whole dynamic, which was quite popular uh, with our fans, uh, JT, the, you have to understand that Matthew Kachuk is going to be a $10 million a year player. He just is. I mean, at some point, probably not his next contract, because but he's going to have to do one and then another one. But at some point, that's the kind of money he's going to make. Um, he's going to be that level. I think if not that, the nine and a half million, but it's going to be a lot of money. And so you have to think ahead, Blues fans. Now, is, maybe Calgary doesn't want to pay that. 
but in the meantime, trading Robert Thomas and Zach Sanford for Matthew Kachuk creates a little bit of a financial problem for the, for the cap. Uh, I'm not sure even this team with its cap wizardry could pull that off. Yeah. And it, it'll be interesting. I, and, and I think, uh, uh, with Kachuk, I you know I, I I certainly don't think it's this year, but I think after this year, I think all bets are off. I mean, they almost have to move Kachuk, you know, unless he just has this wonderful year and uh, uh, learns to like his coach and and, and everything like that. But uh, the Armstrong dynamic, his whole uh, philosophy is kind of I'm going to assemble really good players, really not a superstar. And, and Tom mentioned it with Pareko. All, all these guys that he signs, are, they're all in that six, seven and a half. That seems to be the upper end, seven and a half million uh, threshold. Would Armstrong sign a 10 million a year player? We, we see how outrageous these defenseman numbers are. Would he pay a guy like uh, Pareko nine million dollars? Uh, 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 so that that'll, that'll be interesting to, to see, but I, I think that's a year down the road and the only kind of saving grace, Tom makes some great points with, with Robert Thomas, you know, he's, he's not, he's restricted, but he's not arbitration eligible uh, this year. The same with Cairo. So in a way they're both, you know, going to get raises, but I, I think you can kick that can down the road uh, maybe one year, but yeah, it's, it, this is a, a massively huge year for Thomas in terms of his uh, earnings potential. Yeah, they just do a short bridge deal with him, one or two, and then worry about that, worry about what happens with him uh, down the road. But, you know, the other side of this is, you know, why the Blues will have Nico, uh, Mikola and, uh, you know, uh, Wallman on the team this year, because they're running out of guys to pay the minimum. And those are guys that you're going to pay the minimum to, because every, every, even those other guys are going to get raises off the minimum. There's guys who are still going to be, you know, making – very little money and you need that. And that's where, you know, you look at the defensive core, you know, those are the guys who are going to do it. Yeah. And both Nicola and Wallman are, they're not, they're no longer waivers exempt and Wallman, he goes off a two way deal. Now he's, he, he, he's got a, uh, he's got a one way deal. So I, you you can no longer kind of play around with those guys in terms of uh, taking them off the active roster. Yeah. And you can't, they've got nothing to do. They don't benefit from the minors anymore. There's nothing they can Gain in the AHL. If you try to pass them down, you'll you'll lose them because other teams will say, "Well, you know, here's a defenseman of this dollar value." With as we've said, defenseman salaries going out, you know, out the window. Um, you know, they will be gone. So you kind of got to keep them around, or you know, use them as assets to get someone else. Uh, before we get to this goaltending situation, which I want to hit on, uh, I, I was happy for both Mike Hoffman and, and Jaden Schwartz. I mean, uh, Schwartz is a guy that. Uh, you know, Blues fans obviously like and respect. The guy's been through the through the ringer, and uh, a lot of a lot's happened to him. He had a tough year last year, but he had a lot of he had a lot of he had a tough year. Period. So he goes to Seattle. A very exciting situation. He gets um, he gets a nice contract. You know, five and a half, uh, five years. I mean, he's he, it's a fresh start. I think that's a great opportunity for Jaden Schwartz, playing for a GM that knows two way play and respects two way play. I think that's a good move for him. He would have, I think he's better there than he would have been here. And then the other, and then Mike Hoffman landing in Montreal, interesting team. You know, if it was going to be Ottawa, Montreal, or St. Louis, I think he won uh, by going to Montreal four and a half million. Yeah. You know, but um, it's Montreal and he's going to chance, chance to score some goals and it's Montreal. 
and they're a pretty good team, and it's Montreal. So, JT, I, I actually, you know, I know how Blues fans feel, but just for being around those guys and, you know, knowing what they did for the team, pretty happy for them. Yeah. You, you like Montreal, huh, as a place to visit? Well, and who does it, though, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, uh, you know, Hoffman, a uh, a one-trick pony, but what a hell of a trick, you know, that shot, the power play goals, so uh, uh, good for him. Again, it, it was just, it's just a water and oil thing with he and, uh, and, and Craig Berube. As for Schwartz, I, I, I just have tremendous respect for the guy, one of my favorite uh, guys to, to watch, he and Perron, and, uh, but Schwartzy, uh, I, I, if I'm cheating in geography class, I don't think I want to be sitting next to Jaden. He said he, he went to uh, one of the reasons he chose Seattle is to be closer to home. Well, it's 1200 miles from St. Louis to Wilcox, Saskatchewan. It's like a thousand miles from <laughs> Seattle to Wilcox. So I, I don't think he's gaining that much. You know, he's, he's not really closer to home, but anyway, yeah, best of luck to him. And he'll have a teammate uh, there in, 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 and Vince Don, and uh, yeah, you know, I think we all wish him nothing but the best. Maybe there's more non-stops from uh, from Seattle to uh, to uh, Saskatoon <laughs> or uh, Regina than there is to uh, than there is from St. Louis. Um, you talk about you know Schwartz being through the ringer. I think he's been through the wood, wood chipper here. I mean, he's just you know this has been a, a rough years for him physically with what and it's the way he plays, but just you know just the physical toll his body takes. Um, so that'll be, that'll be something. Is there any player who has kind of, you know, been affected more by, uh, the COVID and how this past few years have gone than Mike Hoffman? I mean, he was looking last year as though he was going to be a big free agent signing for him. And, you know, it didn't pan out because the flat cap and there wasn't the money to spend. And so he took the deal with the blues and now he's taken, you know, was you know, another relatively small contract. I mean, they were talking big, big money for Mike Hoffman um, two years ago or going into last season. And it, it didn't happen. And I think he's one of those guys that just, it was, he peaked at the absolute wrong time and he wasn't the guy that got thrown, you know, Petrangelo still got money thrown at him, but Mike Hoffman did not get the contracts thrown at him uh, that was envisioned. Yeah, the defensemen have done well, uh, whether you're jumping teams or staying put. I mean, uh, Kale McCarr cashed in well, Zach Wierenski in uh, Columbus, of course, Seth Jones getting uh, paid handsomely to make the move to Chicago. Uh, Dougie Hamilton gets good coin in the Devils. But yeah, you're, these are defensemen. If you're a goal scorer and you're kind of a one-dimensional guy, I mean, you know, the, the, cap, the, the cap can be cruel. But, you know, the, the position that I was astounded by, the amount of turnover, oh my goodness, in goal and starting with Columbus, you know, losing uh, Grubauer to uh, not able to sign him. He goes as a free agent to the Kraken. And then, you know, as JT mentioned, Vegas is giving away uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, President Trophy winner, face of the franchise, giving him away. And then Allmark getting $5 million from the Bruins. I mean, what the hell was that? Um, don't No understanding there. Um, some Kings guys thought that Martin Jones can still play. So he's, he got some coin to go to Philly. Didn't understand that Toronto deciding that Morazic and uh, Jack Campbell was going to, going to take them to the cup. Didn't understand that. Um, did like Frederick Anderson going to Columbus solid enough guy. Uh, but JT, um, it looks like our guy, Ben Bishop might not play again. Uh, St. Louis and uh, has had a just really 
a brutal run with injuries, and they are they add Braden Holpe to already have Anton Kudobin, and uh, as well as former number one pick uh, Ottinger, who's who had a good year for them. So I don't know. I mean, of all the things that came up, it was it was a weird time for goaltenders. But I guess we'll start with the hometown guy. It doesn't look particularly good for Ben Bishop. No, it doesn't. And uh, like you say, they're 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 kind of well stocked now at uh, at at at, at goaltenders. So yeah. Uh, is it over for, uh, for him? And, and obviously uh, you just wonder, especially these last couple of years, if he, if he was healthier and was playing, what might've happened with, with Dallas? Maybe they, maybe they sneak out a, uh, uh, a, a, a Stanley cup. Uh, of course they, what they reached the final uh, up in the, uh, in the bubble uh, in the 1920 season. But uh, yeah, who, who would have thought, after all this, this incredible musical chairs of goalies, Jake Allen is still in Montreal. Not only that, Carey Price gets ex- exposed in part to keep Jake Allen in Montreal. I'm just, I, I can make no sense of it. And also, what's, uh, what's Tukarask's future in, uh, in, in, in Boston? You know, I mean, is he, what, he's not going to be able to play till January or so. So, uh, yeah, it's a strange year for the goalies. Uh, you, you know, and, and all these teams, there was so much movement. I have like, no, I'm sure Jeff does. Cause you, you have a grasp on the league. I'm, I, I just have no idea who's playing for who. I mean, they're, they're going to start playing games in, in October and I'm going to say, Oh, he's with the stars now, or, Oh, he's with the wild. I, I, I forgot about that. Uh, just, uh, incredible, incredible, uh, uh, free agent, uh, frenzy, uh, this year, just crazy. Yeah, say what you will about the contract the Blues gave Jordan Bennington and whether they paid him too much or paid him too long or should have tried. It kept them from having to be in this free agent market for goalies. If, if they had not re-signed Bennington, the Blues would have been in there with everybody else. And, and who knows where everything would have fallen out of there? Who knows who, who you get? And, um, yeah, it's just a really complex equation. And that would have been um, kind of mind-boggling to see a spin of the wheel who uh, who you turn up with, and and the Blues can be you know and the Blues, Billy Huso is going to be there backing them up because you know if if you start looking into getting another goalie there, who knows again you know you look at who some teams have ended up with, it maybe not the good deal. So you know Billy Huso showed promise at the end of last season. He has showed promise before. Did not show promise at the beginning of the season, um, but here's a guy, you know, making the league minimum for a year, and you you gotta like that. That makes him a strong goalie for the backup goalie for the Blues. Yeah, and if you had to get somebody else uh, that that had any kind of experience, the, the, the Blues they're tapped out right now in terms of uh, uh, mm-hmm. salary cap. So that that would be a uh, that would be a, a quandary uh, for me. Last ad on the the goalies, uh, Jeff Gordon. <laughs> if you're Colorado, how do you let? Grubar, I'm not saying he's Jacques Plant, but how, how do you let him just walk out the door? I, I, I don't get that. Yeah, Tom, and, you know, and they end up, to your point about spinning the roulette wheel, they end up with Darcy Kemper. Now, Kemper's been a hell of a goalie when he's healthy, and he's been a great bad team goalie when healthy. But huh. Colorado wants to win a Stanley Cup, and they're trying to say, well, we're better in goal now. They have Pavel, uh, was it Francois, or whatever, coming mm-hmm. back from his injuries, missed the whole year. So that's helpful, but that's a roulette spin. I mean, Kemper, I mean, God bless him. He, when he's in the, actually playing, he's pretty good, but that's, of course, Grubauer has not been an Ironman, but yeah, that's a great point, Tom. If you, you could go from having a guy that 
you really believed in. And for a million dollars a year, basically, you couldn't come to the deal a term in the year. And now you end up with a guy Kemper who you hope can play in the postseason. Yeah, it's and goalies, as we've discussed, I mean, it's mystifying. It's really hard. You know, goalies that you can that are lock solid, dependable year in, year out are few and far between. Um, and so who's to say, you know, what how any of this uh, works out now, the blues are, you know, they are, you know, they are locked in with Bennington now and he is their guy and how he does will be a big factor for this team going forward. Uh, and he's got to prove it. And it's going to be tough to get back to how he played in that cup year. Cause that was an exceptional season, but um, yeah, that's, that's where the blues are right now. With, uh, they've got Bennington, but at least they know who they've got. Hey, JT, the last thing here on the net front, I got we got to give a shout out to two of our favorites who I think had great landings in all of this, uh, all of this frenzy. Um, still playing hockey at the age of 52, Brian Elliott uh, lands a soft landing in Tampa. Of course, he gets minimum money, but it's Tampa, is he, right? Is he really 52? Uh, well, probably yeah. not, but he's not, he's not a kid anymore either, so he may want to change his handle. But, um, <laughs> but no, he, it's a great landing for one of the, one of the best guys ever, right? And how about our guy, Ryan Reeves, uh, Gerard Gallant says, I, I want a different type of team this year. They got Sammy, uh, you know, who's going to bulldoze people. Uh, but now Ryan Reeves going to the big apple I, JT. I don't think, I think both those guys are going to be pretty happy about all things. Turned out. I know Vegas, he didn't want to leave Vegas Reeves, but if he had to leave going to play for Gallant in New York. I think he can handle that. Yeah. And, uh, what was Philadelphia was the, the Broad Street bullies is, is Madison Square Garden on Broadway. Maybe we have the Broadway bullies here in New York. You taught what what an attitude adjustment by Gerard Gallant and, and Reeves and uh, and and Sammy Blay. And for the uh, conversely for Vegas, I mean, from everything I, 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 I read and, and, and understand, I mean, Flurry, Holden, Reeves, great locker room guys. The players love that. Apparently the Vegas players are upset that uh, uh, Flurry wasn't told by Vegas he was getting traded. He he found out about it on uh, on that great breaker of news uh, uh, Twitter. So you just wonder at the top of the West how, how that how that affects uh, uh, Vegas. And and similarly, I'll just bring this up quickly. Like Colorado losing Grubauer, losing Sod, uh, losing Dornskal. Losing a Dorn guy, losing Ryan Graves, who I really liked. I mean, they've they've taken a lot of hits too. So uh, I, I don't know what to expect from uh, uh, from those uh, uh, Western Conference powerhouses this year. Yeah, the Central Division will be a, probably a topic for another day. But you have Chicago making steps. Who, if Flurry plays for them, uh, if not, their goalie situation's a bit more uh, murky. But uh, Colorado making move or Chicago making moves to uh, step up in the division. Yeah, you get Taze back. He says he's healthy. You add Jones to the blue line. You all, you offload Duncan Keith. Get him closer to his son. Um, they're uh, they're a much improved team. I mean, they they're, they're going for it. They suddenly they shifted into win now mode. Uh, and also want to mention on the Rangers, uh, Barkley Goodrow had like nine hundred thousand hits last year. Uh, went to the they paid him a nice sum, which helped us paved the way for the blues trade with the rangers so they have really changed their look in new york well it's been a great net front and uh, we don't know when we'll be back because we'll have to wait for uh, some more skates to fall and it may not be immediate but uh, guys it's been a, an interesting week 
and uh, for JT, for Tom, for the rest of the crew at the Post-Dispatch. Uh, until next time, from the gang at NetFront Presence, see ya!